You're listening to In the Open, a Mental Health America podcast, a space where we explore mental health and navigate the challenges of life through honest and candid conversation. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to In the Open with Teresa and America here today. Hi, everyone. Today, we're going to talk about I can't hold it together. Why is this related to mental health? I mean... When you say that, all I see in my head are like juggling balls, you know, up in the air, plates spinning, trying to make it all go and one little thing. That's interesting. I love that that's your metaphor. And it really is interesting because the way that you personify your expectations and your needs are followed by your strengths, right? You are a master organizer. You are great at doing things. Yeah. My brain went to, I'm an internalizer. I shove it all in and I can't shove it in anymore and ignore it. Mm, Okay. You know, I have no frame of reference of when this conversation occurred in the podcast, but at some point you referenced the sack of flour. You remember that? I did have a staff member tell me about this sack of flour and it was in No One Cares About Me. Maybe I align with the metaphor of a sack of flour because I am an internalizer and I just, I don't think of myself as a juggler. That's very interesting. God, that is so interesting. Do you think of yourself as a juggler? Yes. Wow. Totally. (laughs) Not at all the sack of flour that like you just keep adding, adding, adding and it will eventually spill over. I'm the one that's juggling. You're the juggler. Yeah. Man, we're so different. That's wild. (laughs) I mean, just also like, that's a very interesting thing, right? Because I think metaphors give us power for understanding ourselves and the world. And this is why we talk about them. And why am I a sack of flour versus why are you a juggler? Yeah. And this is why we can no longer hold it together. It's it's so, oh man, it's horrible that I'm going to use like Encanto. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're too much, too much. Yeah. Okay. I obviously have a toddler. You're you're Louisa, who yeah. is so strong, and she juggles, and she has all much so much pressure. But everybody in that family has pressure, and who is an internalizer? I think it's the girl who does the flowers, you know. So she always has to make it look like it's okay until she just freaks out, and then something happens. Yeah, so interesting. Yes, I I totally embody Louisa. I see myself in her in so many ways, but I think it's very interesting that our ideas of how we can hold things together and no longer hold things together. Hold them together, yeah. Because I'm not I'm not a perfectionist, right? Yeah. So if you're a juggler and I'm a sack of flour, like let's give ourselves the period of time to understand why those metaphors resonate with us. Immediately... I would say the act of juggling requires concentration across various things at all times Mm -hmm. and giving a little bit of yourself and attention to each one of those areas enough that everything's still moving in in Mm -hmm. motion. Mm -hmm. And so the way that you think about your responsibilities and what causes you stress is the act of managing multiple moving things. Yes, and ensuring that they don't fall down. 
I love this. It's helping me to push ideas and metaphors because I have often talked about, we talked about the table and we talked about a, a sack of flour. Those are static items. There's not an element of moving. <laughs> yeah. I just have what I feel is the weight of it. And why don't I think about them moving? I have no idea. You know, and having spent so much time with you, I think it's because movement and process which like for every action an equal you know reaction that's not tied to your to the way that you think you're very much what's happening right now this today mm-hmm. even though in in your moments of need your brain will take you to your your history and all that mm-hmm. in the moment you're just thinking like today right now this is what what i have to focus on and it has to be stagnant for you to focus on it I feel like I don't feel overwhelmed by the thought of adding movement, but I think if I sat there too long and started to feel like I needed to, I would feel stressed. Mm. (laughs) Like, and maybe you're saying, oh, because of my life and needing to compartmentalize everything, I have compartmentalized everything to survive. And that does ring true. I'm like, okay, in some way as a coping mechanism, I've also honed in and the way that I think to make things palatable and manageable. And this is how I operate. And you're totally right. I have to do everything in small moments. I have my lists are on my calendar. I need one way to do it. This is how I manage my expectations and my stress. Mm -hmm. So how do you know when you're not holding it together anymore? If you're constantly juggling, (laughs) what does that look like for you? Okay, so if in your head you can picture like a juggler, you know, the balls or the spinning plates or whatever, and you know that like tiny moment when maybe there's like a little slip up and they're like, oh, oh my God, he's going to drop it all. Like mm-hmm. that, that's how it shows up for me when I start making mistakes that are just like, oh, oh my God, it's going to drop. Oh, that is so interesting. So yeah. then you make a mistake. Yeah. And that is how that's tied to not holding it together. Yeah. And that's your red flag that something is wrong that right. you're you're unraveling. You make a mistake. Mine yeah. is when I am impatient with others. I know I'm not holding it together when I turn into my worst self. I turn into a jerk, a turn into a person I don't want to be. Whereas like I make mistakes all the time. <laughs> I have a lot of tolerance for mistakes. You make me laugh because mistakes are one way, but I think it's also true to my nature that when I feel like I can hold things together, I am less attentive to smoothing things out and I'll leave them a little messy. No, this totally makes sense. You love lists. You love checking off your list. You love doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. I don't have that. I don't make lists. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. I think I generally am accomplishing what I'm supposed to do. But I I know everybody is moving forward and I feel good and I'm not being a jerk. Like that's this is so interesting to me because those make sense. That's your personality. That's how you have seen the world and yourself in the world is that you are accomplishing things. Wow. 
Yeah. My husband is like that. And I know he's stressed when he literally says, I cannot be in my office because I could not get to my pile of papers. And I'm like, well, who cares? Like, you'll just never get to it. And that's dismissive as a partner because that's what he cares about. And that's him telling me he's not holding it together. And I'm like, oh, but you're still like a nice person. (laughs) Let me tell you what that brings up for me because at home, at my desk, even at work, at in my office, when there is a mess on my desk, I can't, I can't function. You know, my partner would very much, it's like, oh, there's a bunch of stuff on your desk. No, no, it's too much. It has to be cleaned up so that I can have some order and then be able to manage whatever it is that's there. So I could totally see how a whole pile is like, that stuff that you didn't do. Hello. Mm-hmm. Look at that mess you've left there. Oh, man. Well, and that's so interesting because stress and mental health and expectations are all related. When I'm not doing well, I'm easily stressed. Things that are normally not stressful stress me out. And I can't manage my expectations. But the way that you perceive your expectations is what we're unpacking here. For you, your identity, your values are built on what you accomplish and making these lists and doing these tasks. For me, it's internalized. It's like I am well if I can tell I have peace in my heart <laughs> or something. I don't know, right? Like, No, I think it's very interesting because I think it's harder for, for me from the outside to know like how you're not holding it together. Okay, so the let's go back to the metaphors that I've kept using because you're introducing yes, yes. the metaphor. The if I'm a table and a bag of flour, the what I think I notice is like I do talk about taking stuff off my table, but that's only so that my table doesn't break. Yeah, you'd actually don't take it off. And my table is me. Like I am not breaking. I am not eating horribly. I am not staying too long in bed. I am not isolating myself to avoid people. I am not attacking other people or yelling at them unnecessarily or in starting to think about how I hate the world and then start to think about how I wish there was no table at all. <laughs> like that's literally how that looks. With the, with the sack of flower, flower metaphor, I'm basically just feeling stuffed. So I can't add anything else to it. And when someone comes along, the reason why that metaphor worked for me is because I did see myself like an exploding black bag of flour. And it's going to go could, everywhere. I could not add a single grain of flour to my bag anymore. And even the little poke makes it explode. And then a big poke makes it really explode. And that's what an episode feels like. And I just fall apart. So you have your table, you have your sack of flour. And Yes, you have all these good coping skills. You're not doing anything negative, right? No, you're not engaging in any negative coping skills. But does it help you to say this thing on my table is there? Like that you acknowledge it in some way? Does that help you? Yeah, that's really interesting. I don't think that I have a clear sense of all the things that are going in and out of my table. And maybe that's somewhere to grow. I've never don't think that I've had a lot of time in my life to worry about what's on the table because I don't have a sense of control over it. Mm. And maybe they lost that focus early on and gave up on trying to control what's on my table. 
maybe somewhere in my life I told myself all I have control over is how my table is built and how to hold it up. That's really interesting. Oh, my God. That is really interesting because, one, if you don't actually know, if you have not taken stock of what's on your table. Or have good boundaries. Have an idea like this stuff is there. Oh, my gosh. Um, I can tell myself feeling tension because you're definitely tapping into something real and it's about setting boundaries. And if you don't, if you have a history of not setting good boundaries and you have a sense, like if you don't have a history of not knowing what's on your table, you can't take what's on or off your table. Right. If you don't, if you're avoiding it because you don't feel like you have control over it. Yeah. You can never not say to somebody, no. That extra thing you want to put, there's no more room on there. Yeah. Or I have to take this thing off because I know that it's going to fall over. Yeah. Very similarly to that sack, right? Like if you're feeling completely stuffed and nothing else can go in there. No, it's so wild because, yeah, even in my metaphor with the sack of flour, my brain didn't go, why don't you just take a scoop of flour out? (laughs) I don't feel like I had a sense of control of stopping the scoops from coming in or even closing the top. My brain immediately went to take some duct tape and stick your sack of like just start yeah. taping your bag, you know, like yeah, yeah. I can't you can't hold it together, then reinforce what you can hold together because nothing that you're experiencing is gonna stop. Like it's just gonna keep coming. Dude, that's deep, man. What do you do? Oh, as a juggler, are you like, oh, I am strategically thinking about how to stop the the flow. <laughs> this is not a good coping skill, but th- there comes a point when when I'm not holding it together. Uh-huh. I, and I just know that I'm overly stressed and the juggling is just becoming too much that in my brain I will say F it. I'm going to drop all these plates. Mm. We have the same coping skill because (laughs) you're like, I'm going to stop caring about all the things I'm juggling. Yeah. And I isolate, which is my way of stopping the flow. Yeah. Just run away. Just drop it. Just drop it and run away. Instead of saying, could I ask somebody to hold this plate for me? Yeah. Right. (laughs) Um. Is, or asking the question, is that 10th plate necessary? You're still doing the juggling of the nine. Dual juggler, asking other people to help you juggle. And my version is saying to someone else, don't put that on my table. Yeah. Neither of us has good boundaries because why are, is there something in us that's trained us to be a multi juggler? So whatever is happening in your mind, I know that we also have a lot of expectations about ourselves to work hard and to do more and to say yes. And so when you, I see you as a juggler, because I know what you juggle, you are juggling a hundred balls. <laughs> Yeah. And like, is that how much you should be juggling? And your brain is so strong. You could juggle a hundred balls. Yeah. You know what, though? When you say that, Teresa, I am thinking about the last six months of my life right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm super proud of the fact that I have gotten so much better at saying, no, that plate, I don't want it anymore. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm giving it back. And there have been some interesting responses to that from people where they're like, what do you mean? And you're like, I'm giving it back to you. It's not my responsibility. I don't want it hands off. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes the question is, are you okay? 
And it's like, I'm totally fine. I am just owning what I know that I can take on and do well. Mm -hmm. So that's a very interesting space for me to be in right now to be able to then look at this and say, yeah, dude, I'm handing off some plates and I'm still juggling stuff, but I'm, I'm doing better. I need to do that. I think you're getting there. I'm getting there slowly and less, I'm less good at that skill, obviously, because I didn't even think of myself as a juggler, but I am a juggler, obviously. <laughs> yeah. We all have capacity to be both tables and jugglers or sacks of flour, you know, and to say no and to set good boundaries. I think what we're saying here is because I don't even think about that as an option as much as I should, is it that I push myself to the limit? And I don't, so then I get burnt out and then burnout is basically depression and, and not holding it together and then not holding it together. Mm -hmm. And then it's so bad that it basically destroys me for a good three weeks, three months. Yeah. It's that cycle, which I think is totally normal. Having thought about this and being it's cyclical that in the end, when we're struggling, we don't know that we're not able to keep it all together until we feel that things are just kind of falling apart. And that can only be self-defined, right? Even if somebody brings it to your attention, is like, Teresa, you know, the other day, you were so rude to me. It's mm-hmm. like, okay. But it doesn't register as a piece that is falling apart unless you recognize it as such. Yeah. Nobody ever talks about this in the nuance of a mental health problem or mental health and mental wellness, right? I think they just say like, oh, you have stress and stress can be lead to mental illness. But how do I conceptualize that framework in my life and turn it into something that means something that I can act on? Mm-hmm. So what have I learned here today? We'll sum up. I have learned that the way that I think about how I hold things together tells me a lot about who I am and what I feel like I have control over. That's very powerful. And if I need to be well, I have to think about where I am not, I'm avoiding or thinking about where I have control because I have control over a lot of things that I am making assumptions about that I don't have control over, but I do. Yeah. The most, I think the most revealing piece of this conversation for me is that we oftentimes forget that we are made up of so many of our experiences that it requires some time to be able to really look, not avoid, but really look at the things that we do and understand the why. Mm-hmm. Because it's easy to be like, yeah, you know, I wasn't asked the other day, I was rude, or I was short with somebody, or I dropped this and I made this mistake here. But we're, we're, we spend less time focused on the why. Yeah. The why, the building insight about who we are. This is what makes us healthy. Mm. Now let me go see what um, plates I can take off and not juggle. Or ask somebody to juggle with you. Yeah. How about you but take you a scoop of flour that. out? You said that. I have. And it's funny because the good coping skill for both of us is to do that, is to not do things alone, to take things out of our work and to not avoid not doing that. That may be the only answer because you can only fix your table for so long. It's still just a damn table, right? The only other area of control that is truly healthy is to set up appropriate boundaries. 
and to not wait until you end up running away or saying screw it all. Like, you know, that's not the right approach is to wait. Because right. <laughs> <laughs> by the time you get to like, well, I'm just going to drop it all. Screw it. Like, or by the time I'm saying, well, screw, I'm going to run away. <laughs> screw it. I have had months of ignoring my needs. Yeah, you can't do that, man. Mm-hmm. They come smack you right in the face in the most inopportune times. Well, you just fall apart and that's it. Yeah. Our brain and body is basically saying, screw you, right? (laughs) So, all right. Awesome. Okay. Thank you everyone for joining us today. Until next time, keep fighting in the open. Bye. Bye.